to my friend Nate and all the listeners of this podcast, no one circles the wagons to Nate the Skate. Circle the wagons, Buffalo. Where else would you rather be than right here? Right now! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Well, then the rest of it, the rest of it, we'll just we'll just slide into figure out what. That's what she said. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Bills Mafia! Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We have a lot of things to discuss. We're going to preview the Bills-Broncos Monday Night Football game. We're going to give um, some midseason awards to the Buffalo Bills. Some good awards, some bad awards. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about some thoughts just in general on the team itself, and then some gambling uh, scenarios at the end. But uh, first, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago and Waterloo, New York at the Delago Resort and Casino. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And John and Mike, fellas, let's start off this episode with telling me where your mindset is when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we've had uh, about a week a week now to you know, take in that Bengals loss, usually by now, by Sunday. Monday, you're feeling good about the next game. Um, John, I'll start with you. I have a, I have a, a hunch of where you're at mentally, but um, where are you at? I have uh, mixed emotions. I'm, I'm optimistic, but um, I also realize that after the Denver game, which is still not a guarantee, the schedule gets way harder. Uh, so it's they haven't found themselves yet as a team this year. So it's a little concerning and especially looking at the standings and like, who's like, there's only, I mean, there's some bad teams that are only within a game of us <laughs> behind us, right? Like we're, we're down there. So there's some good teams that are within a game of us too. Um, that just haven't really found their footing yet, but could easily make a strike at any time. Like the chargers are four and five, um, you know, teams like that. So yeah, that's a good point. The AFC is really good this year. There's a lot of teams that are uh, 500 or, or above. Um, Mike, how are you feeling mentally? I'm feeling amazing, Nate. The Bills didn't play today, but things couldn't have gone any better, right? The Patriots lost. The Bengals lost. The Ravens lost. The Jags lost. The Chargers lost. Uh, amazing. So good. <laughs> the Bills win tomorrow, right back in tr on track. Right back on track. So I, I was. Or I was they could lose something. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but are you are you somebody that thinks that if they lose tomorrow, it's over? Because I'm I'm not like I just looking today at the Bengals Texans. Right, we're thinking like, oh, Bengals and KC are the toast of the AFC. Like we can't beat the Bengals. The Bengals beat and us. Well, the like, Texans beat beat them. Like the games, but we just we destroyed Miami. That's that so was week, week four. It's a week to week it was league. So long ago. There's no circular logic in any of this. If if this happens, then that happens, and that happens related to that. It's just not. It's about it's getting. Any, it's about getting hot at the right time and being healthy. Those are the two are just making it into the tournament, right? Like we don't care. Like just got to get in. I don't know if they're going to. 
And that's the problem. <laughs> so I was reading several different things over the weekend where if the Bills win, they have like a 61% chance. And then if they lose, their chances of making the playoffs go down to like 40. Sometimes I've seen below 40 in the 20s even somehow. Um, I think it all depends on on the math and the formulas. I saw something on uh, – on uh, was a New York Times uh, playoff simulator where if the Bills can somehow pull out five more games and that would lead them to what ten and seven, then they have a seventy plus percent chance of making the playoffs. So um, going five and what would that be five and three the next eight games? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not out of the realm of of possibilities. I think I think this is this is a weird place to be in as Bills fans. I mean, as podcasters for us for the last. Ever since the season where they basically went six and ten before they got Josh Allen, or the, Josh Allen's rookie year, rather, it's been a guarantee that they'd make the playoffs, right? Like this is kind of uncharted territory for us in the last few years. This is kind of a weird thing to think that they might not. I still think that it's it's a good possibility. I still say it's over fifty percent for sure. But like you know, if they lose against the Broncos, we're all going to be thinking something completely different. I think. Mike, you won't. I know you're. I know you're psyched. I know a lot of things went well this weekend. It, a loss to the Broncos could lead to like you know just absolute, just apocalyptic type war, dystopian sort of feeling in in Buffalo. Don't you get that feeling? But we just got done saying like the the tremendous parody. So if the Broncos have our number tomorrow, like like every year we play the Chiefs, we we beat the Chiefs in the regular season. We not only play them close, we beat them. So I think. Um, we talk about we really like to have Broncos, Jets, and then it gets really, really tough in Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, and you'd like to win two of the three. But even if you win one of three, I don't think it's over because then it gets easier again. Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, right? Like, yeah, you, but, but you have to beat the like. But there's uh, those are the teams you're going to see in the playoffs. Like, you have to. I think what John would say, right? Most of those harder teams are also away right like it's in kansas city in philadelphia the chargers are away also so going coast to coast isn't easy miami's away right like miami's away look at listen to the listen to miami's schedule the rest of the way because when nate and i say like oh that gives you three points you're always like no it doesn't anymore (laughs) so who cares yeah yeah, well it's still a little bit harder you have to travel it is harder it is harder so so the uh the dolphin schedule the rest of the way, because we're basically competing with them to win the division. They have the Raiders, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and Buffalo. There's only three teams in there that have a winning record as of now. Whereas the Bills are playing... Hold on, let me bring up their schedule. Whereas the Bills are playing, obviously the Broncos... I feel like you should have a tab with the schedule open. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I'm just I'm just opening that tab right now. It just takes a while. My phone's slow. <laughs> it takes me a while to Google that tab. And the bill the schedule moment. you should have memorized anyway. So, I don't know. John, who are they playing in five weeks? Uh, so it's Denver and then the Jets <laughs> and then the Eagles and then the bye week and then the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are in five weeks. Who's after the Chiefs? Uh, Dallas. Nah, you're actually right. Damn it. <laughs> the Broncos, the Jets, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins. So the Bills, on the other hand, I said that the Dolphins have three, te- or three teams with a winning record. The Bills have one, two, three, four guaranteed. The Chargers are close, too. So 
I think there's a lot of X factors too, though, right? Like if, uh, heaven forbid, Allen gets injured, it severely compromises our chances. If Tua gets injured, Dolphins are done. Like in every week you see star quarterbacks going down. Like there's so much other variables or so many other variables that are going into it. You know what? You just got to get, as you're to your point, like you just got to catch fire at the right time. You know, what's unfortunate about all of this is that, um, you know, there's a lot of negativity, I think, in the fan base uh, with the way that this team is performing. But I think a lot of, you know, the anger and resentment from the team, I think, has to do with the fact that, like, not only are they not playing well, because it's like like you guys both alluded to. It's about getting hot at the right time. Just get in and get hot at the right time. Remember those Giants teams that won the Super Bowls? Like they were like nine and seven, and then they just got hot at the end of the season and they went all the way. Um, that's what you want to be um, if you're not playing well right now. But the problem is, um, it's like the Bills have so many injuries, so many season ending injuries, that I think that it's just really difficult for a lot of fans to see the outcome like oh they have all the pieces in place they just need to start working as a cohesive unit like they've already lost pieces of their cohesive unit so that they can't be one so that they're just trying to you know make up for the fact that they don't have that the whole time right um the chiefs like the chiefs are a great example of a team that's struggling offensively but their defense is actually the one that's picking them up so they're i don't know seven and two or whatever like imagine if the bills had milano Tredavious White, Daquan Jones still in the lineup. I mean, they they could easily be seven and two, and we don't even care about the offense. Sure, we're talking about it, and we're like, man, I wish the offense was doing better. But like, they're seven and two. They're one of the top three teams in the AFC. You know, you're talking about Josh Allen being an MVP candidate because his his statistics are doing really well, minus the win loss record. Uh, he's, I think, he has the most touchdowns in the NFL, most total touchdowns in the NFL right now between rushing and passing. Um, he has, it's it's just unfortunate that the Bills have the injuries on defense that they can't get bailed out by the defense this year like they were able to last year. You know what I mean? That makes me feel more pessimistic. <laughs> I feel yeah. I feel the same. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> this is a bad feeling. I don't like this. <laughs> um, well, I mean, let's let's okay, let's turn it back into. Oh, do you want guys want to do midseason awards? Let's do <clears throat> midseason awards real quick. Okay. So uh, let's start off with most surprising Buffalo Bill so far, nine weeks in. Um, it's kind of like our version of the Dundies, right? The CTWs, maybe. And uh, let's give a player an award for the most surprising performance thus far, in a good way, because we'll get into a bad way next. But like in a good way, who do you think is having the most surprising performance through week nine? So I'll start first. Just to give you guys time to think of who you want to say. Um, I'm going to start with Spencer Brown. I think that we as a fan base, myself included, and I've mentioned this in our training camp podcast, preseason podcast, I've been severely worried about the right tackle position. Um, it's starting to think like if Deion Dawkins ever went down, I don't know who would take with Spencer Brown move over to left tackle. It's a, it's a scary scenario. Uh, he's held his own. He hasn't been great, but he's been a lot better than what I thought he would be. And, you know, I think in order to make a playoff run, you know, when when you have this many, you know, holes on defense. I mean, the offensive line as as a whole, we were worried about before the season, and it's been playing pretty well, and it hasn't really been banged up hardly at all. Like not a lot of missed snaps. So um, I don't think that they're great. I still think I think they're playing above average, and uh, I 
only one or two games that I can remember where the pressure was really an issue and you needed more help from the offensive line. But as a whole, I think on the season, like they've done pretty well. So I'll give, but I'll give the special nod to Spencer Brown because I did not think that he would be playing this well. I thought we might be talking about him being replaced uh, by somebody else, but like who, who'd they sign in the offseason? Jermaine Effetti? Um, I thought might maybe by now he would be playing a right tackle, but he hasn't. Spencer Brown's been doing well. And Deion Dawkins has been doing well. Deion Dawkins was talking about, you know, is he had a regress last season in 2022. Is he going to have another good season? He's having a really good 2023 season, so much so that they uh, they restructured his contract and gave him some more guaranteed money. So, uh, John, I'll go with you next. Um, which player has had uh, the most surprising performance this season through Week 9 for you? Uh, nobody. Um, nothing surprises me. So, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, I was going to say Terrell Bernard for you, but you were the one that called him. You said he was going to be good. Yeah, that definitely didn't surprise me. I knew, I knew he was going to be okay. <laughs> you knew he was going to be better than Tremaine Edmonds has been the last five years, basically. <laughs> I knew at a minimum that he would be, you know, at the, the cost per I don't know how you want to say it, but like the amount of money they would have paid Edmonds compared to what Bernard's making on his rookie contract, that it would he would have been better from a value standpoint at, at a minimum. Yes, absolutely. So nothing surprised John. He doesn't want to, and also he doesn't want to give any credit to anyone for their performance because he's not really happy about it. Um, Mike, Mike, who's your who's your most surprising performance of a player? Or group or whatever. You can say coaches, whatever. Uh, I think offensive line is, I'm just used to them not being that good, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you're not, you, you're not going to let me say Zach Moss, right? Or Devin Singletary. You could say Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. <laughs> any, any running backs that are no longer on the Bills? Uh, I Maybe Kincaid because the Bills seem so reluctant to use their wide receivers, but we get so pumped up for the draft picks. We all thought he was the second coming of Gronkowski. Um, Single, I think Bernard's a really good one. Singletary at 150 yards today against the Bengals. The Bills did not get 150 yards rushing against the Bengals when they played them last week. How disappointing was that to see the, the Houston Texans do? I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but like it just made you think, like, man, we could have done it. But then again, it was in Cincinnati when we played them. It wasn't in Buffalo. Um, just just can't seem to get it. And then these, you know, these running backs, Zach Moss has been having a really good season before Jonathan Taylor came back. And the whole time we're thinking like, oh, it's just the running backs, right? Like that's, that is not the reason why we're not able to run the ball. Um, nope. It's not the talent. <laughs> nope. And they keep taking stabs at it again and again, hoping that this is the guy. So. Uh, I, th I think one thing too, like I, I was thinking this year, um, Josh Allen would elevate, his game in terms of the turnovers and that's been kind of disappointing for me to see like that's been surprising i thought he would be able to focus on that uh and really rein that in but well let's, so far we haven't seen that well let's talk about that most disappointing performance through week nine would you give that to josh allen and his turnovers then would that be the highlight of the most disappointing part so far of this season like i mean and not only the turnovers the most inopportune times right like I mean, you know, at, at your own 12 yard line, like last week, you know, it's just, uh, I th I'd put that up there for sure. If you're not going to say injuries, I put up Josh Allen's turnovers. I don't know. Like who's the best quarterback in the league? Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right. And, and coming into this week, he had one less interception than Josh Allen. Like, I don't know. That's fair. 
We need a stats boy who can check John. <laughs> John's like an intern. John's like Patrick Mahomes has a thousand less yards passing <laughs> than Josh Allen. I'm, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, he's such garbage compared to Josh Allen. No, Allen right has down. nine and, and Mahomes has eight coming into this week. What is that? Interception? Yeah. How many? Fumbles? I'll do fumble. Yeah, I know. Patrick I didn't, Mahomes. I didn't memorize that statistic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. I'm finding that out right now. He has two fumbles lost this year, and Josh has... Mahomes probably has a better offensive line, too. I know you guys probably. just voted like the Bills' offensive line is the most surprising thing, but I still think they're pretty average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Josh well, Allen... average can be surprising. Josh Allen lost two fumbles. Patrick Mahomes lost two fumbles. All right, there you go. Well, Double-check his interceptions. <laughs> for Allen versus Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes was eight. Mahomes was eight, and Josh Allen has nine. That's correct. Okay. And Casey had the bye this week, so so no difference right now. So uh, good job, John. Thank you. Good job, John. Not not talking out of your ass this time this week. <laughs> in this, surprising. It's surprising. <laughs> surprising. In this in this topic in this topic. By the way, John, real quick, I did the math, and uh, Terrell Ed, or Tremaine Edmonds is making over thirteen times as much as. Uh, Terrell Bernard is <laughs> this season, so I think we I think we we were going to win that one no matter what for the most part unless he got benched. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely per 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 dollar dollar for dollar mm. he's definitely. And then the the other factor too is like a like a comparison would be like resending admins versus extending Oliver right, and I, I think they made the right choice. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We were worried about that. We're like, I think they made the right choice. Now we're we're it's confirmed at this point. So. uh Mike, you were mentioning, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, struggling, you know, at, at times. And it's like, that's not, there's not as much made about Patrick Mahomes and the offense struggling for KC be, just because their defense can bail them out. Josh Allen doesn't have that this year. So I know I mentioned that earlier, but it's like, we would be looking at Josh Allen in such a different light, especially after what John just mentioned, statistically how Josh hasn't really turned the ball, ball over as much as we think he is. He's one turnover more than Patrick Mahomes through nine games. The difference is that he doesn't have as many wins in the col- in the W column as Patrick Mahomes does. So we look at that because everyone should be, if, there, if, yeah. if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were five and four right now, everyone would be like, what's going on with Andy Reid's offense? Like at least with Josh Allen, it's like, well, he's got a second year offensive coordinator. What's Andy Reid's excuse? Why are they looking like garbage? Yeah. Nope. I mean, I mean to be fair, the nine interceptions I think is tied for lead league leading, but Mahomes is one behind. Like it's you know, so it's one of those things. It's not like Josh has nine and Mahomes has two. You know, it's not like one of those. So yeah. Plus, you got to take the good with the bad with Allen. He's a gunslinger, right? Like that's part of his game. I, Some I of those balls too are it. like tipped, and then like whatever. Like yeah, I got to factor all that stuff in. But I don't think Allen is. is is the problem here? I don't. Yeah, I don't. So, John, do you, dis, most disappointing uh, performance so far, uh, nine games through in this season. Ken so, Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. I've got. I was waiting for Ken Dorsey. So, John. So, Mike said uh, Josh Allen's turnovers. John says Ken Dorsey. Um, explain. It, 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 expound on that. The play calling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, like I. I mean, I, I've been cutting Dorsey slack early on, but like I'm gradually, you know, co- coming to the moving closer to the majority on this. But um, you know, it's been a year and a half, right? Yeah, something like that. So 
there's a lot of like questionable things that I see during games, you know. And and some of it isn't even related to like the whole like finding their identity this year thing. It's like you see like shotgun empty backfield on like third and short third and one or like you know fourth and inches and, and these things and it's like what why there's there's no threat to 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 run, to it, run right right yeah yeah i mean that's that's an easy example but like the the two tight end setup obviously wasn't working and then it's gotten a little bit better with one tight end the up tempo seemed Think things seem to work in Tampa, but with Tampa, but like they kind of moved away from it after that. I don't know why. Um, by the way, by the way, real quick, John, to that point, in the press conference after the game last week, he was McDermott was asked specifically why they went away from the up tempo offense, and he was like, "I don't know." So it was basically saying it wasn't his call that they didn't do it. He wasn't like, "Well, we wanted to slow the game down or whatever." Like that was not. It sounds like that was all Ken Dorsey. <laughs> He's done that, right? So yeah, like I don't know if he's like outthinking himself on some stuff and making it overly complicated. Um, but they get they got to figure something out because a couple more games and it's over. Like the AFC is too good. You don't think they fire Dorsey in season, do you? I don't think they fire anybody in season. No, because who are they no going to? Who are they unless they have somebody like to promote within? Um, they do. Like who are they going to get? Like everybody's on a team, right? Well, they have assistant coaches that have called uh, plays before. Joe Brady, their quarterbacks coach, has, I believe. I forget who their uh, wide receivers coach, I believe he has before. Hold on. Adam Henry, I believe, has. Aaron Cromer has. Like, they could go to a guy's. I don't know if it'll be better than Dorsey, but they have guys that they could potentially go to. I but think wouldn't, if you, if you were going to do that, wouldn't you want to do that before the season's over? Like before, I mean, because if the Bills go five and five, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, you're just trying. It's just a trial then for next season. You know, you're I mean, not. I mean, I mean, but... I guess. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to be better than Dorsey that's on the team right now. Um, so I mean, like, you, you just roll with it until the end of the year, and then because because then you can still have it, like maybe Dorsey puts it together in two weeks, right? And then okay, now they're amazing. Whereas if you fired him the week before for and promoted somebody, even if it's in the interim, you know that the interim guy probably isn't going to be the guy next year. So, right. So you, you might as well at least see if Dorsey can turn it around. So you got to wait it out the rest of the year. The bills end up firing Dorsey and he goes to some other team, like the, the, the uh, Patriots or something. And he just like lights them up and they just become like the wild card team in the AFC East or something. Just like Singletary and Moss leaving the bills ends up being, a great thing for those two players. Um, yeah, the creativity, a lot of things, it sounds like, you know, from people that actually watch and study tape, the theme that I seem to get about Dorsey is that he's just, he's not creative, like you mentioned, John. And then also, uh, he's just not very good at using the players to their strengths. And he's not that good at scheming. Like, he's not terrible, don't get me wrong. But he's like average slash below average. And... I mean, it was kind of those were big shoes for any guy to come in and fill for Brian Dable. I think we kind of take that for granted. I mean, Brian Dable, it was what his ninth year, ninth or tenth year as an offensive coordinator before he left for the Giants. So, so there was. I mean, then you're taking you know a guy like Ken Dorsey who has no experience 
whatsoever. It's not like, you know, Ken Dorsey took two or three stints before he made it to Buffalo. And then he also played, you know, in NCAA and in, in for Alabama. He was the offensive coordinator there for a national championship team. Like he had had six, some success at places, not great success in the NFL, but, you know, he had great success here in Buffalo. And then just to replace him with a rookie coordinator who had never really truly called plays before, we were just hoping that it would work out. And to this point, I mean, I think the consensus is that it, we were hoping he would get better this season. He just hasn't. Um, if we get to the end of the year and let's say the Bills miss the playoffs, I think Dorsey's going to be the scapegoat, right? Whether I say scapegoat, but like deservedly or not, he's got to, he's probably going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. So, I feel weird rooting for someone to lose their livelihood, but like, I like the idea of getting rid of him before the season, because let's say you could give it to a signal caller within the team, right? Like one of those assistant, two or three assistant head coaches I mentioned, like, let's say you, you play out the season, they lose this week and they go five and five or whatever. Maybe they end the season, you know, nine and eight, but the offense looks markedly better at the end of the season. At least you have somebody within the organization to potentially hand the keys to, right? As opposed to we have to look from outside, outside the organization, or let somebody within the organization promote them, even though they don't really have any in-game experience with Josh. I think I think you got to look elsewhere. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think they have the guy that's already there. And Josh is good, so like it's not like you have to like worry about some guy coaching up you know, a, a young player that needs to get better. Like Allen is fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think this is also a learning lesson to maybe we don't let Josh Allen pick the next coordinator. Okay. Maybe, maybe Sean McDermott should be the one doing that well, exclusively. We, I mean, we don't know exactly what happened. Obviously he had input, but like, that doesn't mean that he made the decision that he handpicked him. <laughs> and Sean was like, no, I want this guy. And Josh is like, no, it is. It is Ken Dorsey. Let it be written. Um, is that what the line was from the Ten Commandments? Let yeah. it be written. Let it be. Let it be done. Is that what it was? So, so Something like that. So let it be so written. It be... So let it be done. I think that's right. That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> uh, so... Do you think? Yeah. yeah, I'll Google that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm looking up stats and the schedule and everything, um, do you think... maybe the next coordinator is Brian Dable? You think he comes back? Oh, Josh McDaniels. Dude, I feel like there's bad blood somehow. Between him and McDermott, because they didn't shake hands. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it feels like there's bad blood. Or I've seen people say that well, they couldn't act all you know because the game was so scrappy between the two teams. Like they couldn't be like, oh man, it's so good to see you because it would have looked bad for their locker room um, to go out that way. But yeah, it did not look good at all. It did not look like they. Uh, sometimes they spend like an extra like thirty seconds together, just really. Oh man, it's so good to see you. Blah blah. blah. This was just like, hey, okay, see ya, hmm. <laughs> see ya, and then that was the end. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. Wouldn't it be cool to get Dable back though? Because he could easily, it sounds like he's on the hot seat as of before this Cowboys game and the Cowboys wrecked the Giants. So, um, I feel like he would get another head coaching job somewhere else. Don't you? I think he goes back to coordinator. Hmm. Well, he didn't pick Daniel Jones. It was kind of thrust upon him. Yeah. The, their offense has, has been a hot mess. I don't think, I think it's not on him for that. It's like what he inherited slash whoever the general manager was and all that kind of stuff. So I think that he's going to be there for a little bit still. Me too. Mm. He'd get a chance, right, with a new guy. You don't think – I've seen this a lot on social media. You don't think Sean McDermott's on the hot seat if the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, do you? If the somehow no. – if the, No, right? 
I don't. He's got a scapegoat in Dorsey. Yeah, he does, right? <laughs> I think it would take two seasons. He's got to have a scapegoat, man. <laughs> just like, uh, get like, uh, <laughs> just like Schman. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> scapegoat for what, though? <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like we're gonna cancel your podcast no 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 no, no wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll fire someone we'll fire, someone. We'll fire our <laughs> offensive coordinator it's a difficult conversation to have uh man i feel like that in that job though it's okay it's not okay but it's like if this doesn't go well you know we can't keep you right like i feel like that's a given right whereas it your yours in our job like are you talking to John now, or are you talking about Dorsey? Uh both. No, it's <laughs> Dorsey in the NFL. I could never. Oh yeah, I could never fire one of you guys unless you just didn't show up for work over and over again. But over and over. So that's two times. Or two times, times, and that's it. You only get two times. <laughs> Mike was on thin ice there for a while. <laughs> he was quote unquote on vacation in Florida. Okay, okay, Mike. Uh, no, you guys, you guys are you guys are great, great attendants. Guys have done. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys are uh, you guys are, are not my Ken Dorsey. So uh, I don't think I. I was saying that over social media on X. Can I? Should I call it X or Twitter? I still can't. I want to just call it Twitter, but I see more and more people calling it X. So I, I was basically someone was like, "Oh, Dorsey, you know, McDermott gets fired if the Bills don't make the playoffs." I'm like, I don't think his seat's even lukewarm. They just gave him extension this last summer through 2027. So like they'd be on the hook for so much money. Like you said, he's got a he's got a scapegoat. And even if it wasn't Dorsey, his other scapegoat is just injuries on defense. Injuries, yeah. yeah. So I mean And if anything, even with the injuries, the defense has looked pretty good. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All things considered, it could be a lot worse. So so I'm not really worried. So disappointing. Um I'm just gonna put injuries just because I mean after the after the ration of injuries that we had last season, I didn't think we were going to have this many injuries to even start the season. It'd be one thing if you had these injuries like, you know, week 15 or something like that, but didn't even get, what, three or four games out of Tredavious White, four games out of Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, and then their season was done, which is just soul-crushing. Not only that, we do know that Micah Hyde and Christian Benford will both be out for this next uh, game. Let's go right into that too. So we're so those were the only midseason awards that we wanted to go into. Let's go into the uh, the it, injury report. So you're, you're talking about the injuries. Um, so the other thing, like to not pile on more on Dorsey, I guess, is that the offense hasn't had really any injuries, and the only one that they've had knocks, it, they got better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might actually be addition by subtraction. <laughs> yeah. It might actually be something that worked out, like, you know, and he doesn't have that excuse like McDermott does. McDermott's doing a hell of a job as a coordinator. Uh, so right now, like I mentioned, um, Micah Hyde and Christian Benford both out for this game, which stinks. But at the same time, it's like, well, if if we get them back for next week's game versus what is it? The Eagles, then it'll be I mean, we need we need to be full strength by that game. This game, we might be able to get away with and still win. I, I don't think we can do that I don't next know, week. I don't know about that. The Broncos can play, and the, the their offense has been been pretty decent. Like if we're, so, we're going to be down White and Benford, so their top two corners and Micah Hyde in one of their safeties. So three of their four defensive backs are out, and possibly Terrell Bernard. He's questionable. 
Right. It, well, yeah, right. So then, like, you might have Poyer, their only healthy starting defensive back, might be cheating up and playing more linebacker because of the Bernard injury. So now, so you got, like, three or four new guys playing, not new, but, like, backups playing for defensive back. That's not good. And their pass rush has not been good either. Like it was to start the season, but the last couple of weeks, I like it hasn't been that good. So we're going to get into betting, but I, I don't think this is a bet. I don't think you can bet on defensive players. I don't think that's a prop that you can do. I mean, at least I haven't looked into it. But what do you think about this? Um, Von Miller revenge game against see, the Broncos. Did you see he, already, he was already talking about that, saying it's not a revenge game and all that kind of stuff. Oh, they have to say that, don't they? <laughs> he does. He does. But he's also not necessarily healthy yet. That's also true. Or maybe he's healthy, but not fully ready to go. Like, look at Tredavious White, right? He, a year removed from his injury, and he wasn't quite there yet until the beginning of this year. And then, of course, he, he got hurt again, which is really stinks a lot. But Von Miller, you're, I'm looking at him, I'm like, it's, I'm thinking it's going to be probably December before he starts going. like. Being, being effective again um so i don't i don't see it happening this game for him i don't think this would be nearly as bad if vaughn hadn't said that he would be ready week one and even then we were like that's not gonna happen yeah we but already, just the we fact already that he knew. said it yeah <laughs> but just the fact that he said it so you're like okay well you won't be ready week one but you'll be ready by like week six right and it's like nope not even ready by then really so yeah. like you know what was all that one in a million talk Vaughn? like we were all you got our expectations isn't that there's there's got to be something it's, like that like it's just his own positivity and like him like i think that's just his personality you're right you're right just if set the, the quarterback if it wasn't a seven step drop if it was like a 12 15 <laughs> step drop he would have 10 sacks by now <laughs> yeah he gets corralled around the, the Way behind the quarterback a lot in the last couple of weeks, right? Way, way, <laughs> way. Remember that's how that's how you used to be able to like play Madden and all those Madden? NFL games. It's just drop back oh, like why? twenty yards and that and then hit the X or Y or whatever. Tecmo Super Bowl, you could drop back like fifty yards and then throw it. Fifty yards and then still <laughs> to launch it a hundred <laughs> in your own end zone. Uh, so looking at the at the Denver Broncos, they're three oh, and you, five. You were, your you proposal kinda... was to bet on the complete ineffectiveness of Von Miller tomorrow. That was your idea. Yeah, that was. I was going to bet like if he was like over under half a sack, I'd bet on the one sack. Mm. I think he gets one tomorrow or today or whatever. Oh, you're he saying he actually is. does do one? Yes, I feel like he gets a sack. This is the game where he gets mm. one. Finally, mm. like makes absolutely. It's at home. He's gonna to say that like. I've been playing fantasy enough. Now I'm not playing it now, but like I've played fantasy enough to know that like the revenge game is a very real thing. I mean, we saw when the Giants and the Bills, like the Giants who played like garbage the entire season, came to life against the Buffalo Bills. Of course, like six or seven of their roster but players were from the Bills. The thing is, coaching. like, it wasn't like that. He didn't leave on bad terms, and like it was two teams ago. So it's like. But that's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be like this, this, like, even it could have been kumbaya and they could have like hugged and kissed at the end and then they just got traded or something or they just found, got signed in another team. There's just a chip on the shoulder of those guys that these athletes, they find, you know, the smallest thing. And this is, this is just for some reason, it's one of those things is the team that left you or the team that like let you go or traded you or whatever. I don't know. I feel like you don't like a player like him doesn't need extra motivation. 
It's all the it's all the small things, John, that get you that get you that one less step, like running around the quarterback. That's all it takes, <laughs> or five, or six. <laughs> you know, it's just just something. I don't know. It's like it's like know. digs. We'll, we'll it's like digs, right? Like digs doesn't need any extra motivation against any team. He's going to be 100% dedicated no matter true. what. Right? That's it's true. Like, but I guarantee if he plays against the Vikings, man, dude. Yeah, they played last year, right? Yeah. Like, it's no different. Like, he's he's going to bring it every game no matter what. Bring the action. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think there there is something to the revenge game, especially in particular situations, but I do think it's a little bit overrated. He either gets a sack or tears his ACL again. There's only one two. There's only one outcome <laughs> between those two things um, that I see. He, yeah, he he sacks someone or tears his ACL trying. It's the only thing I could see. Um, I don't think necessarily either of those things happen, but I, I for some reason I'm just feeling I'm feeling the sack. This is the, this is the week, and we're just like, oh, Von Miller's back, right? Um, so Broncos three and five. Their big win was really against the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat them twenty four to nine. Um, right before their bye, they're coming off the bye week, which does not work in the Bills' favor <laughs> uh, by any means. Um, Bills technically have a short week because they played Sunday night football, so not a real short week. But And again, like their defense, the, the Broncos' defense is not good. I mean, it's 32nd ranked in points against. It's 32nd ranked in yards. Like It's 31st. Um, it's what is it? Twenty seventh in passing, thirty second against the run. Like, there's a good chance the Bills could actually run the ball against the Broncos this week. It depends on the play selection. <laughs> Watch, yeah. <laughs> Watch the run like start off really well. They score a touchdown or two. Like James Cook is cooking, right? Captain Cook cooks, and then they're just like, you know what? We're just gonna pass. We're just gonna pass every play. We're like, how come Allen isn't running more this year? How come? Are they just afraid that he's going to get hurt? And they're like, don't run. We're not going to call any running plays for Josh Allen, or you're not allowed to scramble and run. He does it from time to time, but it's not anything like in previous years. It's nothing like. They they actually called some design he, runs. Remember that touchdown was a design run, right? Like like a, a, like he would turn games around just from him scrambling and running against teams, but he's not doing that as much. He was a leading rusher for the Bills last week, so maybe this is the point where he turns a corner, though. And he starts to maybe do it a little bit more. This well, yeah. the well last week they didn't call any runs from the running backs at all, so that would be the reason for that, right? Like <laughs> they had eight rushes last week with with running backs. Yep, and that's between Murray and Cook, and, and that's it right now. Fournette, right? Unless, unless Fournette. Fournette gets called up. Well, Court, Fournette. Oh no, he was on practice squad last week. Yeah, so so he's got to get called up, which he might get called up in this game. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like the, the way that. With a t- couple more injuries on defense, yeah. I mean, like, what? Who else are you gonna? Well, I guess Elam will be active, right? He has to be. Probably, yes, he does. Yeah, with Benford out, he has to be. So it'll be Rasul Douglas, the guy they just traded for a couple of weeks ago, is going to be a starter. <laughs> and he, we're gonna, and then Dane Jackson. He's awesome, man. He's awesome, Douglas. I'm high on him. I yes, do, I like Douglas too. I love Razul Douglas. Doesn't it? Didn't anyone think of like that Batman movie with Raz Azul? Is that his name, Raz? Mm. From that first, the Batman Begins, Raz Azul, the guy from in the Tibet, where it was Liam Neeson character from. Okay, uh, for some reason <laughs> I think of that every time. <laughs> Anybody? Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> you guys are like crickets. <laughs> 
Uh, no, Nate, never thought of it, and I still won't after that. Uh, Raza, Razul, Razul Douglas. Um, anyway, they swapped. So yeah, out so he's going to be starting with Dean Jack. Actress for that, right? Between Batman one and yes, two? yes, they went from um, Katie Holmes right to mm-hmm. something Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, has there ever yeah. been a worse swap <laughs> from <laughs> from one leading female? <laughs> One was like a sex symbol to teenage boys for like, you know, Dawson's Creek. And the other one is just like Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. (laughs) Dude, I'd argue that Jake Gyllenhaal is better looking than her. (laughs) And I say this as a straight man. Like this is (laughs) you give me a choice between the two. I don't think I'm choosing Maggie. <laughs> I'm definitely not choosing Maggie over Katie Holmes. My goodness. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, this is this is. It would be different. It would be different if like the Batman franchise wasn't big, and we're like, ah, nobody will notice, and no one really watches these things. It's like everyone watches these things. These are like one of the most. This is before the Marvel movies came out. These are the most popular movies ever. You're gonna switch out somebody who's like. I don't know. That would be what's the equivalent? What's the male equivalent? So I can, so I can, like you know, Christian Bale. In case there are women listening, Christian Bale for Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> I'd even go a step further. That might be like Channing Tatum for Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Christian Bale's a good-looking guy, but you know, it's Channing Tatum. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Biggest miscue ever. Were they just looking for someone and be like, ah, oh, crap, Katie Holmes can't do it. Who can we pick up? They just, like, open up a directory of actresses and just point at a name? <laughs> anyway. Uh, what hey, were we talking about? Who's, who's, Raza your, Ghoul? who's your favorite superhero? If you guys had a pick. Oh, good question, John. Who were you thinking of when you asked that question? Bat- I gotta... Batman. <laughs> oh, Batman for sure? Yeah, for me. Is it is it always been Batman or just because of the revival of the movies and everything no it's always been mike what's yours mike's not really into marvel movies i do know that about mike is it superman mike it's superman isn't it i don't know jerry loves superman mike's gotta love superman (laughs) i mine's definitely one of the marvel characters i want to say it's i want to say iron man say iron man's one of the coolest because he's like that's a good one i like iron man yeah yeah i'm I, I never followed him growing up. It wasn't until the movies came out, but it's like him or Captain America because oh, Captain America is good too. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, Iron Man mostly because like he he's a superhero because of his intelligence, right? Kind of like kind of like Bruce Wayne and Batman, except you know with the with the technology that he's created, like he basically becomes a superhero. It's not because he was given superhero strength. Like Thor is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like all those guys, Incredible Hulk. Like I love those guys, but maybe in my you know, <laughs> juvenile brain. Like I'm oh like, well, I could never God. be the you incredible see, Hulk. You relate to him. You think you see <laughs> some of him in you. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ego. went to MIT at, at age 12, <laughs> working in government projects at age 15. Oh yeah. I think part of it too, for me, like it is cool as Batman is like, I think the villains are really good in that series too joker the riddler the penguin you got catwoman like all these different things um i think that's part of it yeah they do have some really good 
some really good bad guys. I agree there. So yeah, Captain America or yeah, Iron Man. Iron Man and then maybe Captain America. Underdog stories. Well, Tony was about to get cat he was captured in what? Uh Afghanistan. And then he like he was told to create weapons, his weapons for them, and all the whole while he was just creating an Iron Man suit and they didn't know it until he broke through and killed them all. That was awesome. Like that's just that's just a cool story. The whole the whole thing could have ended right there. I'd be like, still my favorite superhero. <laughs> if that was all he did, I'd be like, that's that is sick. That is such a cool idea. Um, but yeah. yeah, uh, let's see. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, Razagul, Razul Douglas. Okay, <laughs> superheroes. That was fun. That was a fun fun tangent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're gonna play probably play a lot of like they usually play a lot of nickel type things or anyway, right? So like you got Taron Jan. Turn Johnson out there with what were we thinking? Douglas and uh, Jackson. Yep. And then Poirier is going to be out there, and then we're probably see a lot of Elam. I would think, right? Yeah. Kair Elam is the primary backup. I mean, we might even see Kim Lewis get activated potentially. Yeah. Well, Kim Lewis. I mean, if Terrell is, Bernard is even Lewis does special teams, and he can play either corner or safety. So, like, he's always. I feel like he's always going to be in the mix. Saran yeah. Neal, Saran Neal too. He can play. He does special teams. He does safety. Um, mm-hmm. You could probably play corner in a pinch, but 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 it's gonna be if 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 Micah Hyde's out though, that's gotta be Taylor Rapp, right? Oh, I forgot about Rapp. Yes, Taylor Rapp. Yeah, there you go. So then, um, and even so, Demar Hamlin might be active because of that too. We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot. They're, they they do have good depth. I mean, like the more we talk about it, like the, the, there's a lot there. But to have three starters out is going to be tough. On top of the other three starters. <laughs> On top of Bernard and Miller not being 100% and Daquan Jones. Like, that's that's rough. That's a rough, no matter what. No matter <laughs> that's who a rough one. No matter who you're playing. So I'm, I'm, I am legit worried about Denver. So the Bills are favored by seven points, John. So it sounds like you would definitely not take the Bills with the points, right? Like if you're betting on this game, you're betting okay. minus, you're betting the plus seven. I am not Broncos. I am not betting on this game, but if I had to, I would bet the Broncos plus seven. With the points. Or plus seven. I, I, I think the Bills win, Bills. but I still think Actually the last time I looked it was plus seven and a half. Like you're getting all those numbers, right? Like you know, the field goal, two field goals and a touchdown. It's like, yeah, I definitely take the the Broncos plus seven and a half if I had to, but I'm not gonna. I'm a Bills fan. I can't even bet the game. So, <laughs> Mike, what did you say you would bet the the Bills with the points? The Bills. I think they win by eight or more. Yeah, uh, seven. I'm looking at seven. It's I don't at seven right seven now. Yeah. I, when I looked okay. earlier, when I looked this morning, it was seven and a half. At it's undra- at seven right now, but you would games. have to bet the Bills would have to win by eight or more for you to actually cash out, right? Mm-hmm. I don't Plus think goes to I would. If I, if I would bet on this game, <laughs> oh, if it gets to six and a, if it goes to seven and a half, I'm jumping on the under for that one for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Broncos with the points. I I don't like this game for the Bills. The Bills haven't covered the last what two or three times they were favorites, so I don't I think necessarily it's more think than this that. is going to be any different. Don't you think it's five or six? Has it been that? Has it been that long? It might be more yeah, than maybe that, not yeah. in a row, but there's been a lot of games they haven't covered. They probably haven't covered hardly any of the games this season. <laughs> the games that they covered, the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Dolphins. <laughs> Those are the three yeah, games. Yeah, probably. Literally the only three games they covered. Um, so 
let's look at some uh, some player TDs. So right now, jeez, um, we say that the the Bills have a you know this could be a game where like Latavius Murray gets an anytime touchdown. We just talked about how bad the Raiders are uh, passing, or I'm sorry, run defensively. Uh, Latavius Murray is plus three seventy five for a touchdown. James Cook is plus one thirty eight. I mean, Stephon Diggs is the most likely. He's minus 125, but Josh Allen's plus 130. What's Kincaid? Kincaid is plus 210. Ooh, that would be a good one. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> also, Gabe Davis. So if you think the Bills are going to do well, you would think Gabe Davis is going to do well, right? Uh, not me. She, okay, so. I'm not high I can't on trust Davis. Gabe Davis. He's either, he's either 95 yards or zero <laughs> like there's no in between but the games that they win he's usually involved right so yes. if, if if we're thinking if mike's thinking they're gonna win by more than seven then maybe gabe davis is more involved see it's funny the 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 line for dalton kincaid has definitely gone up you were able to make a lot of money over the last few weeks with dalton kincaid now his over under is 52 and a half yards before it was always like 36, 37, 38. Like, what are, what are his receptions? Because his targets have gone up a lot too. Receptions used to be like three and a half receptions. And like, that's it. That's it easy. Like, and then he would, he would get 10 receptions. And then the next week it would be like three and a half again. You'd be like, this is an easy one. That's the, that's the beauty. If you're a Bills fan, player prop bets are a way to definitely make some money. So Stefan Diggs is over, over under six and a half receptions. James Cook is over under two and a half. Khalil Shakir over under three and a half. I think that might be a decent one to go over on. That's, Dalton, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Dalton Kincaid is over under five and a half. So that's a tough one, but I still think it's very possible. Yeah, yeah, that's tough too. It's plus one twenty on the over. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like being a Bills fan, you're intimately familiar with their personnel and everything. So, like the first half of the season, you could be making some money, but like the second half of the season. Vegas catches up with it, and they're like, oh, okay, now we're going to price it correctly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, our advantage has definitely gotten lost a little bit. Josh Allen, over under 32.5 rushing yards. He had 41, I believe, last week against the Bengals. I think this is a week where he goes over. I know. I feel like I've said that before, too, and he doesn't because they don't. Yeah, but you said you said that before they made an issue of actually starting to run Josh Allen, and I think that there's they're turning the clock on or turning their stance on that because of how they're like, we need something or like we need, we need. So they had a couple of design plays and then a couple of plays just broke down where Josh needed to run last week. He was their leading rusher, but you're right. That's a, that's an, if you want to do, cause he's been the under almost every week besides the last few, you know, yeah. over under passing yards, 274 and a half for Josh Allen. Just think about it. So like we have to be really worried if the bills lose this week, right? You know the team is thinking the same thing. They just had a players-only meeting right in the locker. What do you guys think of players-only meetings, by the way? Does it matter? Wouldn't know. I think it's like a meeting where just the players meet. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Good point, John. Um, (laughs) I, I, I I was listening to a few different things, and people were saying that like these happen during the season. You just don't necessarily get reported on them. Latavius Murray led this one specifically for the offense. But, I mean, would you be surprised if the Bills came out just firing on all cylinders, like, offensively? I feel like this is the game to do it, if you're going to do it. The thing is, like, it, it feels like one of those every other game things again, where 
like we've seen the last couple of years. Sometimes it's like, oh, they're good this week, not good that week, good this week, then not good again. So like you're right in that regard, but I, I'm extremely worried for the rest of the season. Like even if they beat Denver, even if they beat Denver handily, I'm still worried for the rest of the season. They might not get out of this funk, right? Right. They could be Denver 50 to 14, and I'll be like, well, I don't know. Because, yeah, great win, but like, I'm still worried about all those other teams the rest of the way. Well, I think a lot of Bill's Mafia feels the way you do, John. And and, and I think a, a decent portion feel the same way with Mike. I mean, I did a I did a uh, poll on Twitter. You know, I said, you know, how do you guys feel about the Bills Broncos game? And like, you know, very good to okay to not good. And it was like almost exactly like 40% said okay. And then 30% above said very good. And then 30% below. It was like the perfect margin of like 600 votes. So like Bills Mafia is completely spread about this game, like not feeling confident whatsoever. I feel like we used to go into these games against teams that were three and five and say, I think we got this one. Like, I this is a team that the Bills should win against, right? Yeah, but we also lost to the last place team in the AFC currently, right? So, yeah, I get it's a divisional opponent, and like those games are different. But if we're if we're one of the elites, you have to beat the worst team in the AFC, right? Yeah, for, yes, right. for sure. I mean, this is <laughs> the Bills are playing at home. This is a huge, you know, advantage being at home. They're traveling from West Coast to East Coast. Um, John, if you were to give a prediction, do you think that the Bills win this one? Because we were mentioning, you know, the Bills don't cover that seven points. And I'm kind of with you on that one. Mike thinks they do. So he obviously thinks they win, but do you see the bills winning that one prediction time? Yeah. My prediction would be that they win, um, but not necessarily cover. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I think we win this one, but I think that it's a possibility that the bills win, but you're not looking at this game like, okay, well they answered all their questions offensively, (laughs) you know, to go into the Eagles game. You're not like, Oh, now everything's okay. If they could just do that in the Eagles game, you're like, no, they still haven't proven anything. <laughs> like e- offensively, you know, e- even if they did amazing, it's like you can't. I don't know if you can use the Broncos as as a benchmark for you know offense versus defense. At least you could say though, if they beat the Broncos handily, you, you could at least take that. You're right. It, it doesn't matter. We mentioned that before. It's a, it's an any given Sunday week. Things change from time to time. But I feel like you could say, well, at least they showed it recently. Like, they haven't shown it since. What game have they? They haven't scored more than 24, 25 points since week four, where they scored 48 against the Dolphins. Like, that was the last time the offense looked halfway decent, was against the Dolphins. And after that Dolphins game, you're like, they're going to roll this whole entire league. <laughs> like, they just. And... and then we found out the Dolphins can't beat winning teams. So, <laughs> teams with winning records. So. <laughs> factually correct I think they win I don't think they cover I think they like we look at this game and they win by like four or five points maybe or six points at most and you're like okay they won 37 to 31 great right yeah like, that's great well, but you, I don't feel I still don't feel great I think they win they win handily win by 24 going away mm, I can't wait to talk about this I can't wait to talk about this post game with you guys if uh so so we're going to record a recap podcast. Um, it'll air on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network on Friday. But if you follow our own podcast feed, um, if you follow our own podcast feed, you'll get it sometime on Tuesday. So check it in. Check out you know us for that one. Um, let's do a quick giveaway. We haven't done a giveaway since last week. <laughs> we haven't done a giveaway in a while since last week. Let's see. If you are interested you in doing the new Zelda movie, John. Give- say again. 
Are you excited for the new Zelda movie? You know what? I, I, I seen it, but I haven't like clicked on any of the actual things about it yet. But yes, I'm excited to to have a Zelda movie for sure. The Mario movie was awesome, I thought. I didn't see it. It was really good. It was good. It was good. I did see it. Kids like it. it. John's like, I haven't really thought about the Zelda movie. Meanwhile, as soon as you mentioned it, he was at quarter chub just thinking about it. He's like, this is... It's like, <laughs> thank, uh, you know, I have... Thank you for... Tilt your camera up a little, Thank you for John. reminding me about the Zelda movie because I wanted to look, look more into that. But no, like, it, it, it'll be interesting. Like, I, I don't even think about it yet. And I don't know if they've revealed anything yet. But like, Link doesn't usually speak. or So... If there's a movie, will he speak? Is is a question. Got okay. to right? Because like in in the in like I think the point of the video games is that you are Link, so you're speaking for him, so he doesn't actually say anything. I mean, yeah. like there's implied stuff, but like usually the other characters talk to him, and he's just like almost like an NBC, right? Um, yeah. In in a response, but like it's like you're the person controlling Link. You are Link, so. Uh, a movie would be very interesting whichever direction they go in. Well, if it's anything like Mario Brothers, I don't know if you guys have seen the Sonic movies, like all the nostalgic movies from our childhood, like those have all been really good so far. So I would have to believe that Zelda would be like right up there too. Like, you know, I've been, my my son's finally starting to get into those movies uh, and he's like, they're, my, my son loves Sonic right now and he's like dressed up for him as Halloween. So mm-hmm. like the Sonic movies were done really good really well i mean as far as you know you kind of go into them you're like ah, i hope it's good this could easily ruin you know you know parts of my childhood if it doesn't go well or whatever like yeah. so but no they and then same thing with mario brothers like I, that was a really good well if you remember like late 80s early 90s when they were doing like the super mario brothers show and stuff they also had that zelda cartoon and like spoke in that so i guess there's a i mean but that i mean that was i don't think it would be anything like that but that was kind of cool though that i really Loved those shows as a kid. I never saw the Zelda one. I think I only saw the Super Mario one. I got play on right after. I got the Zelda ones on DVD. If you ever want to borrow them, you can take a gander. No thanks. No, I'm good. No, you're good. <laughs> Sounds like Mike might be interested. He's nodding over here. Like, yeah, I remember Mike? that. <laughs> that was a good show. No, I might, I might, I might be into it. Yeah, but you never knew when they were going to do that little segment. Yeah, yeah. Although I think they re-aired it a lot of times on Fridays. I want to say. Really? In the afternoon? Like, it's like right as soon as I got home from school. It'd be like right around that time. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, real quick, I forgot we're going to pick a winner. If you're interested in winning one of the T Public shirts from our T Public store, um, just leave us a review on our Circling the Wagons podcast feed and leave us a five star review and a note uh, mentioning it. Please leave your Twitter handle, Instagram handle, whatever, X handle, Facebook, whatever. Um, or your name or whatever. So that way when you win, you can email us. And I'm like, oh, that's that person. And in this case, it's at jback01. That's at jback01. You are the winner this week. Just let me shoot me an email uh, or a message or whatever on social media. Let me know that you won. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can pick a shirt from any of the shirts from our T Public shirt store that are on sale right now. So thank you guys all for listening. Again, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York on Exit 41 off of Route 90, one of the best places to gamble in all of upstate New York, to be 100% honest. So been to a lot of places. It is one of the best. So any final thoughts, John, Mike, before we end this one, before we talk again after the Bills game on very early Tuesday morning? 
Go Bills. <laughs> so, so, okay, so signing off for John. He's doing this podcast at halftime, the way the Bills are going to roll the Broncos. Uh, I, I love I love your enthusiasm, Mike. I wish I could just, you know, just sink my teeth into it and just, you know, somehow ingest it. <laughs> Without sounding weird, okay? Hmm. I've been watching a lot of serial killer documentaries. <laughs> just, you know, put it on a spit and just... <laughs> Lock it in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could take your enthusiasm. Yeah, tie it up <laughs> with some zip ties and some, you know, rope. Um, I was I was watching something on the BTK, and the guy who who ended up being the BTK killer, and they called him BTK because it's like bond torture kill, was that like he was the president of his congregation of his church, and like he was an ADT like security installer, and that's how he found his victims. So yeah, so anyway, on that positive note, <laughs> signing off for John. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Go Bills. You'll be talking to John. If the Bills win by seven or more, John's going to be much happier than he is right now. So signing off for Mike. Go Bills. Can't wait. Prime time. Monday night. Woo. Woo. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Um, Install your own home security system, and we'll talk to you guys after the game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, you, you, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs> Good ending. Cool. Good work. That's your best one yet. That's what she said. Thanks. Seven years in, I finally got a decent one. I had to, I had to throw in my own reference to BTK Killer <laughs> to do it. It wasn't organic by anyone else, but I'll do it. I'll just feed myself lines. <laughs>